It was a case of musical chairs at Shrewsbury's pre-season photo call, but the players better get used to it. 25 of them will be vying for a first-team place, waiting for the nod from this man, manager Paul Simpson, determined to do things his way. There will be nerves, there'll be tension, there'll be nerves in the crowd as well because they want you to get off to a good start. We need to be starting right. If everything goes to plan on, the, on that first game, it doesn't mean it's going to be a fantastic season. And if it all goes wrong, it doesn't mean it's going to be dreadful. We've got to keep our head, whether it's winning or losing, we've got to keep our head and prepare ourselves for the next one that comes about. Hello and welcome to the Salopcast Time Machine, episode two, where we take a trip back in time to look at some classic Shrewsbury Town games. Um, this week, Ollie, we are going back to the mystical year of 2009, which doesn't feel like that long ago, but actually is absolutely ages ago, and a little old game we played down in Dagenham, Ollie. So uh, yeah, what are your first thoughts on where we're going this week? Yeah, so this was a really good, this a good time for me. Um, <laughs> I'd become a season ticket holder in the first season of the Meadow. Okay. Uh, so I went to uni, came back, um, got a job at Molson Coors and Burton-on-Trent, living at home, got my first car, and then the following like year, like in the, fo- the start of the following season, I got my first season ticket. Okay. Um, so the first season of the Meadow, and this was then the second season at the New Meadow, um, and I've moved seats, and I haven't moved seats since. No, not me. Um, so yeah, you, so you, I think you've been in the same seat the whole time, haven't you? Yeah, I'd have been in that seat now, the same year, same year yeah. in two thousand and nine, with same, some of the same lads, really. So, but no drip, no drip back drip then. then, did you? Yeah, it was before the stadium. And the roof was still fine. <laughs> it was before the stadium <laughs> rusted to pieces. Um, yes, but two thousand nine, yeah, it's a... yeah, a couple of stats in two thousand nine. So, um, Barack Obama came president. So obviously, that was quite a momentum <laughs> um, piece of piece of history. Yeah. Um, in terms of number one, um, Poker Face by, by Lady Gaga. Oh, she's still going. Um, and then computer games, which is one way of us defining what was going on. <laughs> Um, so Call of Duty Modern Warfare had come oh. out, um, and then we had um, Grand Theft Auto 4 was out, um, so yeah, obviously Football Manager was out as well, so we're in the Football Manager area now, but last time we were in the Championship Manager mm, era. Moved on. Um, and Assassin's Creed 2 had come out. Yes, which which I spent a lot of time playing, Ollie, I put that on the agenda, yeah, Assassin's Creed 2, I've always, always played all the Assassin's Creed games, but there you go, I think as these weeks go on and we look back on time and define what was going on, it's always going to be computer games due to my geeky nature, there we go. Um, however, um, yeah. Cool. So who was the manager, mate? Who was the manager? The manager was Mr. Paul Simpson. Uh, I don't know, is he still a marmite? figure I guess I think he is to be fair still with most town fans but yeah so I think he some is. good some bad under Paul Simpson yeah back on the 12th of March in 2008 he had been made manager um and replaced poor old Gary Peters who'd left the season before so yeah we were kind of in uh, in the in the Paul Simpson era now sort of developing Paul Simpson era I suppose but um yeah a summer and and, and you've got a few things to run through a summer of rebuilding like it always at Shrewsbury and um no yeah. little outlay Ollie yeah, so yeah, very interesting summer. Um, probably one of the most exciting summers we've had in the last 15, 20 years sure. from a transfer window point of view. So interested in the season before, um, Dave Hibbert was um, our main striker. <laughs> Played 37 games, 12 goals. Um, we had Mark Tierney, Benter, Glyn Garner, Kevin Langmead, um, Darren Moss, um, Colin Murdoch, oh, um, God. Ben Davies, Stuart Drummond. Um, and then also a player called Mark Pugh, who interestingly played 28 games in the season before this one we're covering now. Yeah. But then the following season, um, didn't really play at all. <laughs> um, and it was one of the anomalies, wasn't it, that Mark Pugh was kind of pushed out um, and he went to Bournemouth and we all know he went to go and play in the Premier mm. League. And this season, um, he didn't play that many games at all, um, which for me was an odd one. And I think that's one of the sticks that um, Paul Simpson gets beaten with. 
he is does. the is the the, the Mark Pugh stick. I don't I don't hit him with that stick. I could hit him from fairly other fair other few things, but Mark Pugh, I never really thought he was all that good, and we may disagree on this, but there, I thought he was brilliant. There was a period at the end of that first season and at the start of this season where he was getting games and he was never all that effective, to be honest. Particularly in the system that Simpson was playing, um, so when he when he went, it wasn't like you thought, oh, he's going to go on and play for Bournemouth or a Premiership team and be amazing. He, he seemed like a reasonably good League One player at that point in time, or League Two player wherever we were. I can't remember now, but um, you know, League Two wasn't it? I, I don't know. I never really he never really struck me as a massive miss up until oh, he then, then eventually turned up further up the pyramid. But he didn't play a part in this game we're going to cover today. But it was interesting no. the whole Mark Pugh thing, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. So in terms of um, who came in. Um, so the main signings were um, Shane Cantrell Sheriff and Graham Coughlin came in from from Rotherham United. Class. Um, Mark Michael Jackson came in. Um, Paul Murray came in from Gretna, mm. and someone called Grant Holt signed from Nottingham Forest. Yes, record fee, um, which which has been beaten now, but we'll never know by what number because of undisclosed fees. But yeah, we used to announce fees back then, £170,000. And again, as we're going to look to this game, we're going to cover now, that was every penny well spent, to be honest with you. Oh yeah, what a signing. <laughs> um, absolutely superb signing. Um, and... Yeah, this is probably the biggest stick that Paul Sims gets beaten with because he went on to be player of the uh, League Two Player of the Year. Yeah. Um, he was a class above um, everything else we had. I remember, I think it might have been one of his first games I saw him. Uh, we picked up the ball and he just pinged it onto the other side of the pitch. Mm. And you're like, obviously we're playing in League Two at this level. And I think it's fair to say League Two has progressed um, since since 2009. Yeah, a bit, yeah. And it was like, wow, this is a good player. Yeah, um, He ended the season, he played 51 games, played more games than anyone else. And he scored 28 goals. He certainly did. Um, next was Graham Coughlin with 50. Ben Davis was 49. Luke Daniels, what a loan signing he was. It was a good, interesting season for loan signing. So we had Luke Daniels on loan for the season. Um, and this, we also had um, got um, David Worrell on loan, Josh Ladderby. Um, we had Matt Jilks on loan for a month. And this is when the month's loans last yeah. were still in, in, in use. Um, so we had Richard Walker on loan, but then we also had Gilfie Sigerson on loan from Reading. Good month, um, yeah. So that was an interesting signing. Yeah, scored one goal um, in five games he played. Um, and that was a good signing. I can always remember that goal he scored, what a strike. Yeah, it was a good goal on his debut as well, wasn't it? And I think he got another one after that as well. And um, there were players like Jamie White who came in that season who were absolutely awful. But by the time we got around to this game, I think we only really had on loan, there was only Richie Walker who didn't play in this game. Luke Downers obviously in goal, wasn't he, as we'll get to. And Dave Worrell was still there. I think a lot of them had probably gone back by then. Um, so and Chadwick as well came in later yeah, on. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss him <laughs> as we go through the game. But, yeah, which is funny. Yeah. Because, yeah, he was a bit of a brute. Um in terms of goal scorers, we relied heavily on Grant Holt. Um, ben Davis was second with 13, then Richard Walker was six, and then Graham Crofflin with, with five. Um, so, yeah, I think it's fair to say um, we weren't a one-man team, but in terms of goals, we were definitely a one-man team. Mm. And in, ter- in terms of the season building up to this game, obviously for anyone that was there and watched it will probably remember this, but it's just worth reflecting on it. Um, obviously, we beat Gillingham 7-1 earlier in the season. We-, we were very, very good at home, particularly under Simpson that season. Um, we did not go out the FA Cup and-, and League Cup in the first round, but that didn't seem to affect our league form, which was good. Um, but yeah, the-, the thing about the whole season that I remember, Ollie, was that we were really good at home and we pretty much won most games. We had a very good season at home. But away from home, our away form was absolutely 
absolutely awful. Across the, the, the 23 league games, we only won two up to this game. So we'd won two in 22. The first one was the first away game we played that season. And the second one was the game before this Dagenham game. So we weren't confident going into this, this Dagenham game that our waveform was so good that we could go and beat Dagenham because we don't, we've rarely done it that season. And it, it is something that, when, until I went through the stats, it sort of reminded me about how worried I was going to that game on the day because of our away form. Yeah, it was a funny <laughs> season because we drew a lot of games yes. um, coming up to the end of the season. So we weren't like we were in flying form. Um, but yeah, this game was big. So for this game, and this was quite magic, wasn't it? It's why this game was so key and why so many town fans went. Because this was a one-off game to decide who got into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so we went into the game. Um, we've played 45 games um, Dagger and Redbridge were one place above us, but two points ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a much better goal difference than us. Plus 25, we had plus 16. Um, but we went into, they won 19 games. We only won 16. So we went into this game um, with a big opportunity to get into the playoffs. And yeah, what a day it was. And we were two points behind them, weren't we? I don't know if you just said that. Yeah. But that, you know, is quite the gap there. And we'll get to our Saladcast time machine next week because we're kind of following the season a little bit, aren't we, over the next two of them. But um, we were certainly, uh, at that point in time before this game, nine points behind a certain team, Berry, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, it's rare you get that playoff for a playoff, isn't it? it? It almost had that playoff feeling already before we actually got into the playoffs. And yeah. so much pressure and nerves and, and all of that was, was inevident in watching this game back. And obviously, we're doing this podcast to coincide with Shrewsbury Town um, putting this game up for everyone to watch and, and I think as people watch it back they'll kind of see how the way the game developed and how those nerves maybe affected certain parts of the game but very interesting very interesting I, th- I thought just before we get into the stats of everything you know you just said you were at the game what was your pre-match like Ollie? what can you uh, not remember? <laughs> I honestly can't really remember I went down with my little brother um, and he probably I don't think he was probably drinking age can't remember how I got no idea how I got there or anything. Um, I'm sure I had a few beers. I remember it being scorching hot. Lovely day. Um, and yeah, it was a lovely day on an open terrace. Um, I got a photo of me and my brother at the end of the game, which is quite nice. Fantastic. But um, but yeah, it was. Um, I don't know about you. Were you imagine you're on the pop? Yeah. Well, we were. It was still when the away, we were playing. I was playing for the away sporters. So in the morning, we'd obviously got up dead early to go down there um, and went and played West Ham's fans in the morning. And we lost four two. Bit unfortunate. They scored a third on a third quite late on, and then got one on the breakaway later. But um, yeah, so we we played that morning. And then all of us because it was the last away game of the season, which traditionally had been the fancy dress uh, game, hadn't it back in the day? Um, so basically, all the away sporters lads were all dressed up in fancy dress. So I went to that game, Ollie, in a fancy dress costume of Tony Montana from Scarface with an inflatable gun surrounded by Banana Man, a man dressed as a fox. So it has a very special place for me and my friends because it was a fantastic away day. It was a it was a proper away day with the away sports. It was the fancy dress day and everyone just had a fantastic time. And I used to write an article for the away sports in the programme. And at the end of this, I've, I've got some reflections on the Dagenham game that I've got from that programme, um, from the Bury home game. So I'll read back through that as a kind of uh, kind of summary of, of the game because it's quite funny and kind of sums up how I felt about the day really. But yeah, it was a, it was a good laugh, mate. It was a good laugh. It's funny you mentioned about fancy dress because when I was watching the video back and those those Shrewsy fans that went on the pitch, no one was fancy dressed. No, <laughs> boo. Used to, there was quite a lot of people doing it. When you look in the crowd, you can spot the old person doing it. And it's 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 a tradition that used to be bigger, I suppose, in, in the nineties and then into the two thousands, and then it drifted away. And then obviously we did the the Blackpool game, didn't we, with the inflatables and fancy dress, and that worked really well. But I think some some respects it only works really really well when there's something riding on the game. And there was at this game, and I, I do remember there being quite a lot of people dressed up. So um, it was quite a good laugh, to be fair. I, I was enjoyed doing it when we were when we were younger but 
there we go. That wasn't the highlight of the day. It was it was the game, wasn't it, Ollie? Do you want to run us through the basic stats? So Shrewsbury were victorious with a two-one away win. Both we scored both our goals in the first the first half. Holt scored on the nineteenth minute. Humphrey scored on the thirty-third minute. Um, and um, yeah, um, Dagenham and Bridge scored their goal in the 53 minutes, which obviously is going to create a bit of tension um, as we go through the game. Um, it, the attendance was 4,791. I think it's fair to say that this is a very non-league ground. <laughs> um, it's funny, this is the time when you used to have the Coca-Cola themed advertising boards. Yeah. So they had theirs in their colours, their kind of red and blue. Um, and yeah, it's fair to say there wasn't really many um, famous advertising horns, lots of local companies, very non-league um, little ground, um, which is quite funny. Um, but an interesting, interesting kind of stat or fact was that um, the referee on the day was Kevin Friend, who's now a Premier League yeah. referee. Yeah, you can see it when you start watching the highlights back straight away, his little face stands out to you, and you think, "Oh my god, I totally forgot he was refereeing this game." And we'll come to his performance as we go through this, Ollie. But yeah, I mean, there was one stat I picked up on. Obviously, Grant Holt scored one goal in this game, and that made him joint top goal scorer in the division for the year with twenty eight. And if he'd scored one more goal, and we'll get to a chance he had late on, he would have been the outright top goal scorer for League Two that season. So that miss quite near the end, which we will definitely talk about, Ollie, did cost him in the end. Yeah, it did. It certainly did, um, which is a, sh- a shame for him. But um, yeah, twenty eight is a is a cracking God, number. We'd love to have that again. Overall, um, and obviously led to him going to Norwich afterwards. Yeah, yeah, certainly did. Um, team selection. We'll just run through that quickly. Uh, Luke Daniels started in goal, and then Darren Moss at right back. Um, Kelvin Langmead, Graham Coughlin at centre backs, with Neil Ashton at left back, and then the two wingers were Chris Humphrey on the right wing and Kevin McIntyre on the left wing. Uh, Paul Murray and Ben Davis in central midfield with Grant Holt and Nick Chadwick up front, Ollie. So, um, so yeah, solid team, Ollie, looking at it on paper. Um, you know, some of those teams' positions moved around as the season went on. You know, obviously a couple of different players played in the up front position, for example, with Holt. But, you know, uh, uh, probably looking back on what must, must have been our strongest team there from, from memory, I think. Yeah, this is our this is our best team, wasn't it? Yeah, I think um, so. Question about the striker. Obviously, the back four was the main back four. Um, in terms of this team, I always think of this midfield four. Definitely, yeah. Um, it's interesting that uh, Michael Jackson got a lot of games, and so did Kendall Sheriff. Um, but yeah, it's um, this team is the main team. It's really interesting, actually. I saw some article about um, if you think about like the classic Man United team in that triple winning season. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, that that team that you think of only played together and um, with that midfield only played together like six times, and apparently in the, in the Invincibles team as well. The actual best eleven you can think of only played together a very small handful of times as well. Yeah, um, which just shows you there's always rotation, and you always see a lot of different teams. But yeah, for me, yeah, this was a, a classic team. Two very different wingers in, in, in McIntyre and Humphrey, um, and you forget how fast he was. Yeah, it, it's oh God. We'll, we'll come to that as we go through the game. And it should just be said, the other people on the bench were Steve Leslie, uh, Richie Walker. We'll talk about the subs as we go through the game. There were three subs made. But interestingly, Ollie, one of the things that I picked up on was no keeper on the bench. And traditionally during that season, Glyn Garner had always been on the bench. But at some point, I remember around Christmas time, Peter's just said, what's the point in this? And just stopped putting goalkeepers on the bench. So a bit risky going into a massive game like that. This had, you know, Luke Daniels picked up an injury in the first five minutes. But we got away with it more often than not, I think. And, and uh, it was one of Peter's little bit of, the extra tactics he likes to like to apply, wasn't it? Yeah, um, <laughs> tactics. Yeah, interesting again. Manager in terms of changes and substitutions and stuff. Um, and Matt, and the other thing I picked up, Ollie, just looking at the team, was Matt Ritchie played for Dagenham, and this was his first pro season. Obviously, um, he was uh, someone that went on to do really well for Newcastle. Still there at the moment. Um, and the other player that stood out, obviously, was the goal scorer Paul Benson because he always used to score against us. But yeah, interesting that Matt Ritchie started his career at Dagenham. I wasn't really aware of that, were you? 
Yeah, I wasn't aware of that either. Yeah. I thought it was the left back that crossed it for one of the goal for, for their goal, but actually it was Matt Ritchie yeah, playing yeah. on the midfield with the number three numbers, which confused me. Yeah, well, there we go. So we're going to watch the highlights, obviously, then to, to see what happened in this game. And uh, I have to have a, a moan at the first first bit of this game. I, I hated yeah, you this. You undersell it there, Glyn. We watched the whole game. <laughs> oh, we watched the whole game. Yes. You, all, the... you always call it the highlights, but it's the actual game, mate. No, true, true. <laughs> so I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, we watched the whole game back and a bit before and uh, some of the celebrations afterwards, which we'll cover as well. And everybody hopefully should get to see the full coverage when they put it out. But I, I have to start with the one thing that stands out to me, which I hated. I hated this kit, Ollie. I hated it. Yeah. Blue and white, minimal amber. Kit, to <sighs> Not not a fan. What about you? This isn't a great kit, to be honest. Like <laughs> I, I, I was a mascot in the white kit, um, so I, I like white as well. But yeah, this was a, this was a poor kit, and I spent a lot of time looking at a lot of town players. The black um, the black away shirt wasn't too bad. No, I didn't mind that. Um, yeah, but the shirt, yeah, it was pretty naff. Bad badge, pro star. It just looks a bit naff and looks far too big. It was a Rob Bickerton kit. It was in with Pro Star, wasn't it? He was in with them, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah. So uh, we can blame him for that. But just at least we... we didn't have stripes. We could have had um, <laughs> um, pinstripes. No, at least we, yeah, very true. Actually, I was well said. Um, you got you there. You took. The, <laughs> I could hear no. the, the, the the wheels turning. Oh man, I tell you, working from home, my brain stopped working. I think, but there we go. Um, but yeah, there, there, I was just before we get into the game where we can kind of go through the moments. There were two things that stood out to me in sort of that footage before uh, the game starts. When the players come out, I thought the, the Dagenham players looked quite nervous um, when they're starting to. Mm-hmm. They basically all congregated together to clap their fans and the, the sort of camera zoomed in on them a few of them looked quite nervous and, and it was probably understandable because in this circumstance all the pressure was on them wasn't it yeah the pressure was on them they were expected to win they were at home um, Shrewsbury Town fans were just as we always do um, in just pure support yeah. nothing more than um, just ban- like just you know in terms of praise and, and supporting the lads and the players went in there with and it must have been great knowing you got some good players in that team um, you know, we've kind of talked about the team, but we haven't really talked about, you know, you had Ben Davies in central midfield as a really good player. We had a weapon in Chris Humphreys and we had the best striker in the in the league. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you if I was a player going into this game, that would have given me some big confidence that you got Grant Holt and we could get a goal at any point. So, yeah, and also the fact is we, we had nothing to lose if we lost. Yeah, that was Tell it. Me, so, yeah. yeah, mentality, yeah, definitely kind of goes in. And, yeah, it was funny because uh, in the crowd, it's funny, I did send a message to Ant with a screen print. There was lots <laughs> of faces. I couldn't find myself, unfortunately, which is a bit of a shame. But, um, yeah, lots of faces that can be recognised in, in the crowd. Yeah, if you, just before the game starts, it zooms in on the town fans. It's really good and you can pick people out. And I think I picked out four people who've been on the podcast in that one little section, Ollie. So shows you that we've <laughs> shows you that we are Who using, were they? Uh, well, there was Ant for one. I think there was... Um, I think it was Ant's brother, actually, because uh, Ant told me he was doing commentary. Well, they've both been on. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, Dave Mateus. Yeah, Dave Mateus was there. And then there was Scooter, I could see at one point, who's been on the podcast. And um, I forget the other one now. Couldn't but, see Busy this time. No, couldn't. I don't know where he was. Maybe he was right behind the goal and behind the net, maybe. But um, yeah, I'd look for myself. I was a little bit to the the right of the goal, um, so pretty much near sort of where the the, where the, where the home fans were. Um, but you can kind of pick out a group of people in fancy dress, and I can spot myself on one of the bits where it zooms in. Um, I think it's in the second half, so yeah, I look like an idiot, is all I need to say. Um, dressed up in a <laughs> white velour suit, but um, yeah, that was it. So the town fans were obviously, and this is my recollection today, the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic on the terrace pre match, and um, the, the sunny weather helped as well. Everyone was in shorts, t shirts, loads of sunglasses. Ball gets kicked, Ollie. What happens? Very similar to our last Alec Cast time machine. <laughs> 
It goes straight out of play. It's absolutely fantastic. It made me chuckle. Um, so yeah, just goes straight out of play um, from for, for a goal kick to Dagenham. Not even a throw in. Brilliant. Just straight out for a goal kick. Um, and then a couple of minutes in, um, there's a throw in and for Dagenham in our left back area, and there's a huge lunging tackle from McIntyre. So you're taken right back to to this team and 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 how how he used to play the game. Yeah, interestingly, I think I talked about Richard Scott, didn't I, early on in the podcast last week about how I didn't remember him being quite as good as he was. I have to say, I think I'd say the same thing about McIntyre watching this one game. I was, I was never really too hot on McIntyre, and obviously what he went to do in the playoffs, which we'll cover next week, was fantastic. But he was way, way, way more dynamic in this game than I ever gave him any credit for. So it was, it, yeah, was I, was a, I was a, sort, a staunch defender oh, okay. um, on the old Shrews chat thing, just a <laughs> rival to Blue and Amber, I used to go on there. Wasn't it rival, I was, I was a staunch um, fighter and um, defender of uh, McIntyre. Um, he used to play in lots of different positions. Yeah. He was quite fast, quite um, athletic. Quick. Um, and he was a good footballer and, yeah, sometimes I think underestimated by some. Yeah, def- well, I mean, underestimate me. I mean, it's it's always difficult judging it from one game because I can also remember stinkers that every player basically has at some point in their career playing League 2 football, don't Especially they? Especially League 2, yeah, yeah. exactly. But, um, yeah, and, and interestingly, the, the pitch as well was really, really dry and bobbly, like you did briefly mention it just before. But... <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if they had a sprinkler. If they did, they obviously just decided not to turn it on on purpose because Man. it was the way the ball bounced, it bounced like sometimes it bounced twice as high as the goal. <laughs> It was like playing on like a 1980s AstroTurf pitch, wasn't it? It was dry as well, a bone. Do you think it was part of the tactic? Because looking at this, they didn't want to play. They didn't want to play much football, did they? I mean, the, if we talk no. about the overall style and, and approach to this game that Dagenham had, it was very direct. Very get it down the wings, cross it in, and look for a big bugger up front. And you know, the need to have a nice playing surface probably wasn't number one to John still at that point in time, was it? No, the wings were um, in better condition, but yeah, I, th- I think they decided that yeah, we didn't want to give Murray and Ben Davis a nice pitch to play on. If they, if it had been watered, that probably would have been quite a delightful pitch to play on because the grass was short and it was quite flat. But yeah, it was definitely very dry and bobbly, um, and yeah, um, and yeah, as you said, crossing was definitely their 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 focus and their forte. Um, six minutes in, dangerous cross from Dags, but um, headed over. Poor finishing is going to be a bit of a theme for this game. It was, yeah. And and as much as we could say they wanted to get it down out wide as well, we did to a certain extent, but only really on one side, Ollie, because yeah. a, a very key focus for our attacks was to get that ball as quickly as you could to Chris Humphreys, who stood out really wide, and let him just burn his pace away. And, and he was so rapid, yeah. like we mentioned earlier on. But when you see him go in, in the early part of this game, he, he's unbelievably quick, isn't he? Yeah, he's much faster than I remember. Um, and yeah, interesting. Obviously, having Humphreys pushing up and then having McIntyre, who's an intelligent player on the left wing, um, sometimes would play really narrow. Dropped in, and yeah. Put in. And obviously, having he had um, Dean Ashton, um, Neil Ashton, sorry, behind him, <laughs> um, who could push up. Um, and he was a good fullback as well. So, yeah, there was lots of threats in this team. But, um, yeah, Humphreys was definitely our main one. And as soon as we got the ball, both, hum- um, both Murphy, um, Murray, sorry, and. Um, Davis was spraying balls to him yep. um, and McIntyre as well um, was doing that as well and yeah and I think also was mentioned that um, yeah you know there's some good dribbles um, from Ashton to kind of after seven minutes but nothing yep. really happened he went past about three players there um, and I think it's fair to say that Holt was making his presence felt 
Oh, God, definitely. I mean, his mere presence seemed to just force mistakes across the whole yeah. season, and it was no different in this game. You know, he kind of would chase everything down, wouldn't he? And he, he was, you know, the other thing I think Town fans liked it, yeah, he scored a lot of goals, but he worked so hard, to be fair, and we'll probably keep yeah. repeating the same Probably too whatever. hard sometimes. I remember yeah. there was that discussion mid-season, and McIntyre came out in the press and said that we don't want him to work as hard, we want him to stay up front. Yeah, but he just chased everything down, and he would force little mistakes in the midfield by pushing in yeah. into the midfield. He would chase the defender down, and they'd put it out for a throw rather than just clear it easy away, and he, he was really good as that first line of defence as well as being the one that scored all the goals so yeah. just just a complete player for us in this game as far as I was concerned but he was he was wearing long sleeve shirts Ollie which was a bit odd I thought in the considering the weather it was very odd <laughs> um, and if yeah for those players that those fans who are listening who never don't really know about Grant Holt you've just heard about him um, I don't think it's too far to say that he was a bit of like a league two drogba this season <laughs> yeah, he had yeah. pace he was quite big I mean, he could head the ball and he could shoot and he could pass. He could do everything. He literally was the complete um, player. And he was too good for League um, 2. But yeah, for me, I think the League 2 Drogba... Um, I don't think that's unfair no. or, or inaccurate. And like Drogba, when you'd go and play Chelsea during his peak, he had a reputation halt, didn't he, by about six or seven games in, that he was going to give you hell. And he probably had that reputation anyway as the way he played. But once he started scoring goals for us that season, he'd have been turning up at places just getting them worried. And, and that whole thing carried through the whole season. It was part of the way that he just you know dominated most of our games. You know, Obviously won yeah. a, lot of, a lot of trophies at the end of season awards, as far as I can remember. But um, yeah, which is fantastic. And, and there's so many moments in this game that just stand out, those, those good bits of his game that we probably should move on now to come back to it later if you if you know what I mean but yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting and um yeah I mean this was sort of five six seven eight minutes we were getting in there both teams sort of kind of working each other out really in that opening section I thought Ollie no one really got on top in that in that section of the game um no. and both teams had sort of snafty half chances but the first real sort of shallow shot of the game didn't come until about 15 minutes did it yeah so yeah 15 minutes to the game uh, McIntyre with a quick throw to Holt um, who does a looping cross for Chadwick um, and the keeper says, um, with two with two hands, mm. um, not the best header from from Chadwick. <laughs> I um, never I never hated Chadwick at all. No, he wasn't very good. Oh, God, it I was hate... a confusion of why like Richards wasn't um, Richard Walker wasn't playing. To be yeah, honest, yeah, but he wasn't great um, either. Seemed... <laughs> no, but I think, or maybe even just play with Worrell as well and play Humphreys up front or something. But yeah, he 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 wasn't as he wasn't all what we hoped him to be coming coming in from Everton. No. Um, a couple of minutes later, um, Town win a ball in their half. Murray plays, I have to describe this as a dirty ball because it's oh, just unbelievable. Really half good. volley yeah. behind the fullback onto Humphreys, who collects the ball. He then does um, the fullback, a superb cross into the box. Um, this is, up to this point, this is like goal of the season material. <laughs> um, and then it comes to Chadwick. And um, yeah, what does Chadwick do, Glenn, from 30 centimetres out? Well, he, he just looks like he's scared to hit it too hard because of the dry pitch and the keeper saves it. And it's, he just he doesn't convert from 30 centimetres out. I, I've forgotten about this miss. We, we've talked a lot you know, on the podcast about all-time worst misses and we always come back to Curtis Main against Wolves. I, I can't believe I'd forgotten about this miss. It's got to be this was horrendous. one of the all-time worst Shrewsbury Town player misses. I, in a big game <laughs> as well. Massive at the point in the game as well. It, it, you've got to watch these highlights back just to remember that miss, if anything. because it but is, it's almost like he hit it too well you know he could have done anything he could have just toe poked it or anything and it would have gone in but he passed it back to the goalkeeper like the only part of the pitch <laughs> sorry part of the goal 
where the keeper could have saved it was where he hit it. But that was his problem, Chadwick, wasn't it? He did work yeah. hard in games and kind of made himself a little bit robust, like a half a poor man's Grant Holt in some respects, the way he played the game. But his finishing was always terrible, wasn't it? And, and you know, this was a bad miss. Yeah. But again, from memory, most games he played for us, he had a good chance that he just didn't gobble yeah. up. And, and I think that's what did for him eventually in, in his career. I mean, he, he didn't really score a tremendous yeah. amount of goals in many places, did he? But yeah, this was absolutely... Um, Horrible miss, <laughs> but luckily, yeah. Ollie, it didn't count for too long to be bad for too long. Did exactly. It? So, nineteen minutes in, ball out to Humphreys again on the wing, does a tidy cross. Yeah, Holt headers in, and oh. I've put piece of cake. It was just a simple, simple goal, um, classic goal for this season, um, and it was just too easy. Um, Holt just, just perfect header. You know, textbook. Oh God, on it, yeah, and we're off. A classic Holt finish from many of his clubs, you know, even when he was at Norwich, he scored a lot of goals like that. Just that good bit of movement, find that bit of space. If someone can pick him out, he just didn't miss headers at that range, did he often? And um, that was where he was at his best, maybe with his head and just a really good goal. And oh yeah, I remember the terrorists just absolutely jumping at that point. Then once we got ahead, it really felt like the momentum was with us. We were, we were sort of all going for us and um, the sun was out and we were winning away. And there was just such a confidence amongst the fans, if I remember after that goal as well. Yeah, it was a good goal and it would settle a bit of nerves. Yeah, that's um, true. And yeah, I think it was deserved as well um, in terms of Shrewsbury were the better team Starting at this point better. with Humphreys um, starting. Um, but um, there were still you know opportunities for Dagenham and they had a shot in the box. It was blocked, followed up and then went for a goal kick. Um, and then you could see the town fans at this point um, like, <laughs> jump in and absolutely bounce in. That's full great. Of, um, full of beer, I'm sure. Brings back some good memories seeing it, yeah. And um but this sort of pattern continued then. I mean, every every time we could get out to Humphreys, he was dangerous. He went at them again, um, had a cross cleared. Uh, ball came out to Ben Davis, who had a shot blocked. Um, possibly should have left it for Holt, uh, who was coming in at the back post as well. That was a good chance. And you, you noticed, Ollie, one of the things I think we were talking about when you were looking at the agenda was how good Town were at winning the ball back in this game. Yeah, brilliant. Really, really well organised. Um, I guess this is where it comes that you know, Paul Simpson was the coach. Um, and we were really well drilled. And also we had some good players in the middle of the park. Um, McIntyre's a good tackler, Murray's a good tackler, Davis is a good tackler, both fullbacks were good at tackling as well. Um, Grant Holt used to get stuck in as well. And as a team, um, you know, we were really, really good at winning the ball and then we got it back. Um, it wasn't as good, it was a bit League Two, but I think it's fair to say our, our way that we would win the ball back was um, was probably better than League League Two standard. Um, it was quite an impressive trait we had at this point. Yeah, aggressive. They were an aggressive team, but you know, to the right lines. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't. They'd go into things. They would try and win things. Rat around. You know, they were quite. Um, yeah, I think that's rat around is probably a good word for the whole team. Really, they were all you know hard working. You know, guys that would try and win the ball back and set that next attack off. And um, again, that came out in this game, and it was, it was a way that Paul Simpson during that season particularly had us playing, um, which which worked well to be honest. With you, particularly at home when we'd get things back and that momentum of you know being at home and and, and the home crowd and stuff tended to work better it's it is weird why that didn't work away from home a bit better but you know that was just one of those things yeah. that season wasn't it but, the manager. Um, yeah yeah seems um, <laughs> um, but we're now to about 28 minutes in um and there's an absolutely massive penalty claim <laughs> for Dagenham so basically um, Langmead falls over and impedes the Dagenham player um and the referee just play on and then, um, and then a Mac- um, a Murray, sorry, comes and does basically a run, jump, and a two-footed tackle, <laughs> but wins the ball. And the referee's like, "Play on, lads!" Yeah. Um, and it was like, yeah, it's very much a, a, ooh, damn, we got away with it at that moment. I'm not sure whether rules changed about a dangerous tackle if you, if you, even if you win the ball, because it might have been before this time because that you know could have been a red card in today's football. He jumps in two-footed, 
totally takes the ball out with both feet, but you know the kind of player has to jump out of the way a little bit. I, you know that would have probably been looked at a little bit more harshly today. That Murray tackle. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I definitely would have been a lot harsher. I think. I think. Yeah, I think the fact that he won the ball so clearly, and I think also the the being out of um, control rule. Um, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. For this one. Um, but but we kept on playing. Um, so town pressing Harry again, um, as I mentioned, win the ball back. Ashton plays it long to Humphrey, who's had a really good shot, but his shot is saved. Again, Humphrey was a, a big threat in this game at this point. And then we have another goal. Oh, so yes. free kick conceded by Dags. Daniels takes it. So Daniels is about one meter out of our um, from the penalty box on the on the left hand side as he's looking at it. Yeah. Um, he basically kicks it long. Brilliant flick on from Holt. He did load a good flick on Classic. throughout this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, Humphrey chests the ball and lobs the keeper. Um, absolutely superb play um, from from Holt. Um, but great strength from Humphreys and a really, really good finish. Oh, lovely. Turning out 2-0 up. Oh, yeah. It was dreamland, wasn't it? I mean, let's talk about Holt, first of all. There would be, never be a header that was within about five yards of Grant Holt that he would not compete for. Do you know what I mean? He he never just left someone to win a header clean. He would always be in there, you know, maybe a little bit of an elbow here and there, but just being annoying. And, you know, he got so much joy from doing that because then he'd, he'd have headers where people would be a little bit less um, a little bit less on him, I suppose, in some respects. And it was just perfect. He, and we scored loads of goals from Holt flick on to during the season. And this was just a, a perfect example of it. And it came at the perfect time, didn't it, this goal? You know, 1-0 up, just starting to put off foot down on the on the on the pressure starting to go at them and to get a second goal straight away it, it kind of did knock the stuffing out of them for a little bit you know they came back in the second half but we really for me after this goal went on to continue to sort of dominate this 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 half and possibly should have been further ahead but um yeah perfect time and again you know the fans were just bouncing again when you look at the footage yeah towns fans are bouncing and the players are confident there's a really nice little bit of play from ashton in in kind of defensive fullback position yeah there's a good. cheeky flick over the winger <laughs> him and clears it it's absolutely <laughs> super it's like it's one of the joys watching these games back is just like well that was that was a cheeky because you don't know it's coming obviously something something as benign as that but that was really nice yeah um, yeah, then there was some um, Ashton flying at head height and hits a striker, but play on. That was a bit of a dangerous high mm, foot. Probably risky. would have been called up um, these days. And Salop at this point are just constantly just playing that Humphreys ball. And Still, clear, yeah. A yeah. big tactic. Um, so 40 minutes in, Town are getting a bit clumsy with their fouls, giving Dagenham um, some free kicks. But fortunately for us, um, their final balls are really poor. Um Grant Holt getting back defending with some set pieces. He was um, amazing. Yeah. He, yeah. He always did that as well. You know, he, he had so much energy that for set pieces, he'd often be that one clearing a free kick away. And then 10 minutes later, he'd burn up there. You know, it wasn't the quickest, but he would run hard and he would run consistent and get up there to potentially score a goal. And he won a lot of defensive headers across this whole game as well. You know, we talk about how good he was going forward, but his defensive work, you know, yeah, he was a really good first line of defence, as I said before. So fantastic. Yeah, really good. So yeah, half's coming to an end now. Um, Dagenham had a long thrown bicycle kick over for a goal kick. Yeah, that was um, And yeah, half ends really with a number of corners um, for Dagenham, but yeah, not really too much to report in the last few minutes of the no, half. No, Daniels did well, didn't he, during that little period of corners that yeah. they had at the end of the first half? He, he was really good at coming and, and make. He was pretty tall, wasn't he? And he was good at getting a fist to it and, you know, always tended to sort of at least go out the box. There was no none of his punches that went anywhere dangerous during this game. And, um, you know, we could talk about some of the saves that he made as, as the game went on in the second half, but actually, overall, his, his kicking was good and his punching was good. And, and he was a solid keeper and no wonder he again another one that went on to play at a high level didn't he yeah yeah he's good a good good player was. Uh, half time glenn um pre um, um half time glenn some refreshments um <laughs> but at this point you're absolutely buzzing um and yeah thinking about um um the playoffs um because yeah. at this point we're we're in a strong position um Dagenham 
were a threat from the flanks, but they hadn't offered too much going forward, I don't really think. Obviously, Benson was always a threat, but I thought we went in with a well-deserved lead. Obviously, Chadwick could have scored that chance. Yeah. Humphreys had that chance. We had a couple of good chances um, that we didn't take. We could have been further ahead, yeah. Maybe, maybe they were due one goal from that weird penalty shout and, and a one chance they missed, but 2 0 felt a fair result, I think, on the day. Um, and, and it was certainly that first step in terms of that first 45 minutes towards the playoffs and, and getting excited about it. But, you know, again, there's no town fan that'll ever go to a game 2 0 up at half time feeling totally comfortable about us doing the job. And, and especially when there's no. more pressure on it, you probably probably had people worrying even more than usual. But, yeah, I remember us all just having a nice time on the terrace at half time, sunning ourselves. I think I remember, I think I just, I'm trying to remember back now, I think I was so knackered from playing football in the morning in the heat and then standing up in this stupid fancy dress for 45 minutes I think I just sat down for 45 for, for 15 minutes at half time just kind of getting my breath back and just letting myself recover from the heat I think that's what I did at half time if I remember rightly <laughs> cool cool so second half kicks off and they lump it forward and it goes straight out for a throw in brilliant <laughs> classic so there's definitely a theme going on in these games yeah um, really nice bit of play from McIntyre um, he does the um, full back and gets taken out um, and it's fair to say it's been ex- the second half starts much more scrappier than the first half. Definitely. Loads of long balls, loads of headers, loads of balls bouncing off the rock hard pitch. Um, it was quite a scrappy start to the game. Second half, sorry. Yep, yeah, it wasn't good. I mean, did a little bit of intensity did come out of us, I think, as they turned it around at halftime. Obviously, they came out and played a little bit better, even though it was scrappy. But you know, they had everything to to, to play for then, didn't they? Two 0 down, they were a long way away from from needing the result they needed. But it, it wasn't a great start to second half, no. But it was good for, from from sort of watching it back. That time sort of drifted away quite quickly, just watching a very scrappy, uninteresting game for a few minutes, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. But then Dagenham started to come into it. They had some they did, good yeah. opportunities. They bought work the ball in the box and into the box, shot to wide from six yard line hits another post another shot saved by Daniels Toffles in the box Dag player goes down referee plays on um, <laughs> that was quite a scary moment hitting the post and that the guy should really should wear two three opportunities to score and a potential penalty um, Taron were lucky to get away from that one Unbelievable. The first one is the chance, though, isn't it? You know, when you look at yeah. it, he, he really... So much sh- time and space on the edge of the six-yard box. He picks his Terrible spot. Terrible Picks his spot, but he hits the, picks the post, unfortunately, for him. And the rebound comes out, and they've got a great chance there as well. And that was... If they'd have got it, if they'd have scored a little bit earlier, maybe it would have been a much more difficult game. Obviously, they got the goal when we come on at fifty-three minutes. This was probably five minutes before that, I think, and yeah. maybe it'd have been different. But we we certainly got away with that then. It was probably one of the only times that Daniels looked a little bit flat-footed from the chance, but it was so close he could, he would never have saved it if it was on target anyway. No, no, no chance. Um, so then there was a, a long ball by Salop and the Chadwick header, and Humphrey steams on like he literally like. He's like meters behind him, <laughs> yeah, and like it's almost defies physics to get past him. Um, couldn't nothing was doing there, um, and then then they scored a goal. Um, so a mm. really good deep cross from Matt Ritchie. Um, not really good closing down from Shrewsbury from a midfield defending no. perspective. Um, Benson climbs above Coughlin, which was a rare occurrence during the season. Yeah, um, fifty three minutes, um, and yeah, pressure is on for Shrewsbury, and it's fair to say that they're crowd avoid. And their players um, had a bit of a lift from this goal. Mm, and that's exactly the goal they'd been trying to score the whole game, wasn't it? Just get yeah. that in that right spot for Benson. He was massive, Benson. And he was always trouble every time he played us. He he did have a really good record against us. And these sorts of goals were like his stock and trade type of thing. He, I bet he didn't score many with his feet. But um, yeah, it, it did put the pressure on and, and you start to, to worry a little bit. But, you know, it was it was such a long time to go as well that, you know, you, you did figure that Town were going to get chances as the game went on as well. But certainly we had this little period now where Dagenham really did try to get themselves back level yeah they did they started to dominate the game 
Um, they were full of beans. Mm, it's fair yeah. to say, and uh, trying to get the ball in the box. Um, it was a shot, but then they have, <laughs> then their their quality just let them down. Uh, I think it was just again um, just rushing, uh, but not taking their time. It's a, a bit yeah. like Liverpool against Atletico Madrid um, in the sense that they just rush their shots all the time. Um, and this then started another theme of this game where the ball went out the ground. Um, <laughs> the shot was that bad. Um, but yeah, so 55 minutes in, um, and it's fair to say lots and lots of long balls and our central defenders probably ended the game with headaches um, because of the amount of heading they were forced to do. And we haven't really mentioned the two centre-backs yet. How fantastic were they, right? Coughlin and Langmead must have headed more balls in this game than most games that season because it was all aerial. Yeah. And and really, other than the goal, they won pretty much every header. Coughlin, I thought, yeah. he was amazing. I always rated him as a player. I mean, he was getting on in his career, wasn't he, at that point in time? But he, you know, Langmead always stands out because he's obviously a bit of a legend, isn't he, for the amount of times at the club and how well he did. But Coughlin in this game was imperious and he really did exude that sort of leadership role at the back. Um, he'd be yeah. the one pointing and stuff. And interestingly as much as he was winning lots of headers there was a couple of times where they broke when they did have it on the floor and he did some really good interceptions where they could have got in and um overall he was he just played fantastically in this game for me as far as I was concerned and um yeah great great performance by both the center backs Ollie yeah I thought Langmead um was absolutely superb um in central defense um really really solid performance um mm. and yeah lots of running um you know and also we were still getting some corners and stuff so they must have they didn't have GPS tracking in those days but I bet both <laughs> of them covered quite a lot of ground yeah um but it's fair to say we've got to be kind of you know to bring it the context around it was a lot it's very league two yeah um lots of balls going out lots of balls going um wide and stuff um but yeah so about 60 minutes 61 minutes in Glenn kind of what was their kind of next piece of action yeah, so it's continued to be the head in practice for the two centre-backs. And then when it did get cleared, I think this was a bit of a scrappy patch where Ben Davis and Murray, they didn't quite find their passing range for a good five minutes as, as during this period where Dagenham had sort of been on top. They'd, we kind of would give them the ball back too quickly, I thought, in that period of time. Or we'd hit it long and, and they'd get it back straight away. But it, it's, it seemed to be that that was what forced Holt to come a little bit deeper in the game, Ollie. So he, he came a bit deeper to try and help out the midfield. Yeah, he did. There was times when he was trying to run forward with it from the edge of the box or halfway line. And, and that actually worked quite well. Um, I don't know if it was something the Simpsons did, but it, it did sort of stump um, Dagenham in terms of their attacking sort of uh, period that they had there. And I thought dropping Holt deep a little bit did actually really work. Yeah, it was. It was. We, we struggled again. This is obviously a tactic they had with the pitch. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was really hard for us to kind of keep keep the ball. Um, if we've probably been a nicer pitch, we probably could have passed it around the back for a bit. Yeah. But Couldn't it just it. wasn't really going to happen. And yeah, we, then we started to kind of yeah play play some other the games um, in terms of in terms of time wasting. We did. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, there was one. There was another chance Benson had where they, again they worked what they wanted. They got a header for Benson, but he didn't really catch it. And, and Daniels made an easy save. It was just a, a catch at level. But yeah, we, we were, it must have been about 16, 17 minutes to go, and we did a break at one point. And McIntyre ran into the corner and held it there. And you can see the town fans like you can actually kind of see a couple of them laughing, thinking, "Why are we holding it in the corner so early?" But I think there was that worry that they were just really, really town were really trying to take the sting out of Dagenham's little bit period and little things like this. Holt coming deep, McIntyre holding it in the corner. They all just helped to sort of turn the tide a little bit from it being just one-way traffic yeah it definitely helped it was definitely a um, yeah all, all, all hands to the pump um to keep to keep them out but um yeah but we're still creating some chances though we did we had a, we had the best chance to finish the game really at this point in time and um 
yeah, just a massive chance to finish the game off, really. So Humphreys uh, got it sort of on halfway. He drove forward and he played a nice little outside the football to Chadwick uh, on the right-hand side of the box. He cuts it back perfectly to Holt, who is at back post, completely unmarked. Keepers going the wrong way. Um, and you would have put your house on Grant Holt to score a goal here. This was the chance to be, obviously, outright top goal scorer in League 2 that season. Everything was there. And what did he do, Ollie? He just passed it into the back of the net, didn't he? No, no. <laughs> he scuffed his shot hugely yeah. and a massive cloud of dust came up and all the town fans behind the goal are just everybody has got their hands on their heads. It's, it's an unbelievable miss really, isn't it? Yeah, not as bad as Chadwick, <laughs> no. but um, yeah, a, a shock in the sense that it was, oh. it was, um, it was Holt as well. Um, it's not something you'd expect him to do. And you felt like that might have been letting him off the hook a little bit with, with how the game was posed as well. But um, yeah, we kept going though. Humphreys did really well, chased a, chased a player down, um, won the ball back and, and basically he got one-on-one with a goalkeeper and was about to be in and, and the bloody referee pulled him up for a foul, which was really harsh, I thought, looking back at that one because you, know, you could, again, another good chance for us to, um, to to get back into it. But this was getting towards, I think it's maybe looking at the last 11, 12 minutes now. I really do think, watching it back, Dagenham made a huge mistake here, Ollie. They really tried to force it too much, whether it was nerve or the pressure building yeah. they, they just tried to force it and at the same time Town kept their shape they kept doing what they were doing they didn't come out of that, that shape they'd been in the whole game and it really helped us for this last 10 minutes the way we played it out and, and the way that they were just a little bit too anxious Yeah, I was gonna, here's a question for you do you think they underestimated Luke Daniels? Yeah, possibly a little bit I mean they'd have played against him twice during the season and would have known a little bit about him but I think they just. I think they underestimated. I don't. I don't know. It's, it's a hard. I think they underestimated our strength of our defence. Yeah, I think so. More more likely that. Yeah. And I think that's why they because they had some really good players. Like their number seven, the winger, and was a really good player. Yeah. Um, and he was a constant threat. But I think they just went. They they basically went all in for. Um, route in terms of plan A and plan mm. A was just to get the ball wide and cross it in. Um, and as that wasn't working and the pitch didn't help them, I think they'd kind of almost um, locked themselves into a corner. Yeah, they they, ran, they just didn't have the patience, did they, really, I no. suppose, in that circumstance that you would see a good team do. And um, that was fine for us. I mean, we had a free kick a little bit later on, uh, about a minute later, which almost deceived the keeper, but he just about jumped up high and sort of clawed it down. Um, there was another ball over the top from, from uh, Dagenham, which Ashton stretched to head back to Daniels, which was a little bit of a scare. Um, so there was all these little moments happening, nothing really big, but just little moments that were taking us another minute on, another minute on. And then there was a horrible tackle on Paul Murray at, um, about 78 minutes on his ankle. It looked like it really hurt him and um, it was the only booking of the game if, as far as I can remember looking at the stats and, and, and remember watching it back. But a deserved booking, Ollie, that one. It, it was pretty nasty. Yeah, it was a big, big challenge. Mm. And Town fans took the opportunity to kind of crowd their ref a little bit, waste a little bit of time. Is it, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it was one of many little tactics that they tried from the Paul Simpson uh, playbook. But um, at this point, Dagenham made their first change, and it was an interesting one for us because they took off their right back Ollie and they put a striker, or traditionally played as a striker or a winger, uh, and sort of went through it at the back. Um, and I think that's what prompted some of our subs later on because um, we obviously put, you know, Omaritza on, we'll come to in a minute, but I think we tried to maybe exploit the gaps they were suddenly leaving because from making that sub, it almost felt like it was a bit of an all or nothing now for Dagenham. Yeah, like you say, I think they were just rushing too much. Um, and yeah, I don't think they are. They weren't playing to their to their own natural strengths. Mm. They only, I think they could have yeah, maybe even brought a different striker on or something to try and give um, Benson something to play at. Yeah, Because um, yeah. it clearly wasn't working what they were doing. Um, mm. But yeah, we, we made a couple of changes then, didn't we? So yeah, Simpson made three subs um, really quickly um, all in a row. So he made one 83, 84 and 86 just to sort of 
kind of slow that game down, take us from 83 to almost almost the verge of 90 minutes, and the three subs kind of worked really well in kind of breaking up the game. It was, it was quite good. The first one was Murray for um, for Sheriff. Sheriff came on and played central defensive midfielder, so they didn't really change the position. Murray didn't look injured after that, that knock he'd had. It just looked like a, a chance for fresh legs. Um, on 84, uh, obviously, uh, we, we put it on with Ritzer for Chadwick to try and exploit those gaps that were forming from them going through at the back. And then I said the last three subs were... Um, the last sub was Worrell for Humphreys. Humphreys had run run his legs out, hadn't he? Um, but yeah, in between all those subs, actually between the, the, the Sheriff and... Um, and Ritzer subs, I think. We had another massive chance, Ollie, um, where there was a throw-in that Chadwick brought down, um, laid it off to Holt, who air-kicked it, and then the ball runs to Chadwick, and again, only had the keeper to beat, but hit it low straight at him. And again, another chance that, you know, you wish Chadwick would have took, and we'd have all been just going off home 3-1 happy. Yeah, another mess, and yeah, bless his cotton socks, he's, his finishing was poor, um, his finishing <laughs> was, was not good enough. Um, and yeah, then we were just, yeah, as you say, slowing it down, um, Chadwick came off for Ritzer, um, Worrell came on for Humphreys, and I'm not really sure where Worrell was playing because he was often up front, and I don't know yeah, whether he weird. was just running into the space and being told to run because one minute he was playing right um, wing, and the next minute he was playing up front. So I thought that was a bit strange, <laughs> which is quite funny. It was, it was. But, and it, took him a, but it took Humphreys a while to get off. Oh yeah, because he was on the other, he'd gone all the way to the other side of the pitch, and it took him about a minute to go off. I'm surprised he didn't get booked, to be honest with you. And Kevin Friend went out, over and had a word, didn't he? And that the sort of Dagenham players were really moaning at this point about how much time wasting we were doing. But you would in that situation, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. At this point, it was all or nothing, as I said, for Dagenham. They were throwing everybody forward. They had a really nice bit of neat play on the edge of the box. Probably the only time they did this where they were where they had a little bit of patience. Um, but they should have done it more. Um, but and Daniels was unsighted from a shot from the edge of the box, but it just went um, it went wide from the number seven again, and he he was always a threat, but. There's a good zoom in now with about, what, five minutes to go where Simpson's out in the technical area and going nuts at the lads, isn't he? Wearing yeah, an awful, awful pair of shorts. Um, but he was with, kicking... With the shorts, I don't think necessarily the shorts were awful. It's the fact that he tucked in his T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Kind of, like some kind of nutter. Oh, he was kicking every ball, though, when you watch the replay back. It's, it's really good. Um and this gives another evidence of how much they were forcing it. So they want to throw in. They ran over to it. Benson grabbed the ball to take a quick throw to keep it going. And he took a foul throw. And that, that wasted another 30 seconds of town taking That was really funny. Their players were disgusted. <laughs> they were really unhappy. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of, of late daggers corners, really, were the last sort of real scary moments. Hearts in the mouth. Um, first one comes across. Daniel punches it out for us. Daniel's punches it out for a, a second corner. Second comes in. Um we clear it, and then there's a massive shout for a halt handball, but there's nothing doing there, Ollie. I didn't think, and um, yeah, we just broke, and then an almost equally ropey penalty claim when Ritzer got felled. So um, yeah, there, there was nothing really doing there, and then the last few moments really were um, balls were just coming into the box. Langmead and Cole Coughlin were just clearing them as usual. Um, Daniels had it was pretty harshly booked for time wasting in the last couple yeah, of minutes. Yeah, I thought that was an odd one because <laughs> he hadn't really time waste that much. No, like, not, not really Daniels. at all. You think he was almost too naive for that. Um, I'm not saying he was like he was a great goalkeeper, a fantastic goalkeeper, and had it was fantastic for us. But he he wasn't time wasted, so no, I thought it was a little bit odd. I don't know whether that was the obviously Kevin Friend was probably the earlier on his career here, whether he just felt a bit of pressure from from John Still. Uh, maybe that was a little bit for us, so he wouldn't get, get a, a mouthful from him when when the full time went. It felt a little bit like he got booked for all the time wasting everybody else had done. That was yeah, you know that was I a bit harsh. So. I felt it was just yeah. I think that's a good summary. Yeah, we were into injury time then, and the last moment of the game really, just for a little bit of scrappy play before the whistle goes, was Grant Holt breaks breaks forward with the ball, gets tripped. He just waits. Because, uh, you don't quite. You know, yes, that is what happened. But yes. he ran forward. He waited and waited and waited and waited with his dangling legs until someone to touched fouled. him. Then he went down. 
um, and their players were furious. They were furious. But, um, he had them on a string, yeah. didn't he? He was we really yeah. playing them in the last five minutes, and just that was classic Grant Holt for me. That and um, yeah, from that their free kick goes forward. We we head it away, and 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 that's it. Final whistle. Pandemonium. The players absolutely delighted when you look at it. It's really really good to see. Yeah, um, they are. And then a massive and pitch the invasion for the players fans. Slump. Yes, Duggan players slumped down on the pitch. Oh, they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're really really disappointed because obviously that was the the end of. For them, it was a really good season, obviously, in terms of where they'd come from um, mm, and how, mm. they, you know, in terms of their size of their squad and all that. Um, but yeah, but for Town fans, it was absolutely delightful. I've got a, a brilliant photo um, of me and my brother. My brother yeah. can only be like, how, how old is he? He can only have been, I don't know, like late teens. He looks really right. young. I've got my um, Shrewsbury Town uh, Spinal Tap top on, which fits me perfectly back in those days. <laughs> standing up with a, a blue and amber scarf awesome. over, over our heads um, uh, on the on the back of the terrace. Um, yeah, really classic photo. That was a profile photo for me on Facebook for quite a long time. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, oh, I got some good photos as well. Maybe we'll have to dig the photos out and put them on the Facebook account, ones we can find from that day. Yeah, we'll I'll, put them up on, on Twitter, definitely. Oh, I'll have to show you what I was dressed like. It's a shambles. Um, yeah, you will. But yeah, we go. The, the last thing on the highlights before it cuts off amusingly is there's old town fans on the pitch, all good natured. Everyone's sort of sort of celebrating and tugging the players, and um, you know, as I say, the Dagenham fans are devastated, but there's nothing untoward going on there. And one Dagenham fan just comes out of the Dagenham end, that walks over to the shoe fans and tells them to get off the pitch, and a policeman has to kind of intervene. I was like, oh, it just it's such an unnecessary end to what was an amazing day. But um, yeah, it's quite odd. You'll see it on the highlights when they put it on, but. Uh, there we go, really. That was it. Happy days. We were into the playoffs, Ollie, which we will cover next week, obviously. But I don't know. Overall, what was your, what was your view? We would normally do this on the podcast of of Dagenham, the way they played. Yeah, Dagenham were. were I think they probably let themselves down. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they were just too too um, too direct, too too simplistic in their play. Um, didn't work. Um, but they had some good players. Um, and yeah, as you said, as you've, as you've put in here, they were petrified of Humphreys, weren't they? Oh, they were, yeah, they absolutely were as well. Um, and and to be fair, he was good, but he didn't make my top three or your top three, Ollie. Go on, what was your top three? Yeah, so um, I went for Langmead um, first. I thought he had an absolutely superb game, brilliant, did a lot of running. Um, and then I went for Coughlin second, and then for Daniels third because you watch the game back, he did a lot of catching, a lot of saves. Um, but I think for such a young lad, he. Um, was such a calm presence. I think yeah. his calmness was above was beyond his young beyond his young years. Um so yeah, that was um that for me, that's why I put him in my top three. I think that's fair. I I, I had I had Coughlin and Lamid in, in second or third and I'll come to that in a minute, but I, I don't know. I maybe it's just my misty eyed uh, love of Grant Holt. I just thought he was fantastic watching this game back again. His overall performance, front to back, side to side. Um, he really was Superman. He just did everything in this game, as far as I was concerned, and I, I absolutely loved watching him back. But he only just shades Coughlin and Langmead for me. I mean, I've I've gone for Coughlin second and Langmead third, but it, you could equally have them on the, the other way around because they were both amazing. The young young Lang, Langmead coming from having been a striker, you know, taking up that position what a year or so before and, and kind of developing into a, a, a new defender for us. You know, didn't didn't put a foot wrong really in the whole game. And Coughlin as sort of the experienced pro next to him, they were really good centre back pairing, weren't they? Yeah, really, really good Brilliant. partnership. Um, yeah, um, Langmead obviously learned a lot playing with Coughlin. Um, and I think it's worth just noting that um, I think um, Ashton had a really good game. He actually did a lot of yeah. heading um, as well. Um, I thought McIntyre had a really, really good game as well. Um, so, yeah, lots of, and, and as you mentioned, Humphreys was a constant threat. 
Yeah, Murray and Davis did well. They're sort of topping and tailing each other as a, an attacking threat and a defensive sort of uh, shielder at some points is what Murray was. Um, I say for me, only really Chadwick, you could say, didn't have a, have a good game. I think even Moss at right back, solid and dependable like you always got from Darren Moss. And it's funny, you kind of look at this team and you forget Moss kind of was there at that point in time because obviously we had the, the early Darren Moss career, didn't we? And then he came back and, and was part of this amazing day. And I think for someone, again, that played over, what, 150 games for the club, it was great for Darren Moss to be part of this good season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very, very good. Mm. Um, so we're going to do this differently, Glenn. Who, what did the manager have to say? Yeah, so once again, I went into my massive collection of programmes in the box in, in the garage early and I found the um, the home programme from the Berry home playoff game um, where Paul Simpson talks about this game. So yeah, he, he said it was a fantastic result after a massive performance that showed guts, determination and passion throughout the side, um, which I would totally agree with. Um, we set the tone in the first half of the way we went about our game, but in the second half we allowed Dagenham back into it. Um, they got a bit more momentum and it was a bit nervy at times. We didn't take as many of our chances as I would have liked to make it more convincing. He thought 2-1 flattered Dagenham as they should have been completely out of the game early on um, and was at pains to continue to say the support of Dagenham was excellent. Really great to see the elation on the face at the end. And actually, when I flick through that programme, Ollie, there's uh, something from Rob Bickerton that talks about how good the fans were. There's something from Graham Coughlin, who was the captain at the time, about how good the fans were. There's a thing from the, the club announcer that talks about how good the fans are. There's a Blue and Amber article that um, I think Aid Plimmer wrote, or, or a large Scotch article, sorry, that talks about it. And, you know, if we're, we're just summing up at the end of the day, but it was one of those days where I think Graham Coughlin des- described the fans as the 12th man, and he said that really was one of those days where it made that effect. Yeah, it was a really, really good um, fans' performance, um, which builds into probably, well, definitely for me, my base best ever away day as a Shooter Town fan. Yeah, um, yeah. And Town fans are in fine form this season. And it's interesting you say that because I was going to read now this bit from the programme I wrote in, back in 2009, and it talks about the context of where this fits in there. But I'll, I'll quickly read this, Ollie, because it is quite interesting. It, it kind of reflects on what we've been talking about. But yeah, so going back to this article I wrote then, it says, uh, it's, it's talking about the away sports game in the morning. It said, with the result from the away sports game already forgotten, the main part of the day started as a majority of our squad changed into fancy dress, headed into Dagenham, where we joined a packed Eastbrook pub full of salad fans keen for a chat and some quality banter. Uh, the match was followed, saw 90 minutes of full-scale emotions. Plenty of moments will never be forgotten. Humphrey's assist, and then a quite sublime finish. A fantastic Luke Daniel save, and missed chances that made the final few minutes absolutely horrid. And then the relief, sheer joy and celebrations which greeted the full-time whistle. The performance and result is certainly there to be considered on par with that night at MK Dons only a couple of years ago. And surely now, two consecutive away wins will have given everyone the belief that our away demons have now well and truly been banished. Finally, we're headed back from Dagenham, only to be sidetracked for some further celebrations in a random pub at Waltham Cross. Um, a late return home was not greeted well by the other halves, but a day like that is not to be forgotten. Um, here's to a similar day out of Berry, but before then, let's make sure we get behind the players for the home game today. Sing your hearts out, and let's hope for another memorable day sport in the town's most famous, Shropshire's most famous club. I thought that was, just when I read it back, I thought, what a nice summary of that day, Ollie. Yeah, it actually, <laughs> you reminded me of a, of a memory. And so me and my little brother drove down my old Clio, um, oh, there you go. So we drove to the game, we went back and we were on the um, on the motorway on the way back and we passed a town fan and the guy <laughs> in the passenger had his feet up with a can of Carling and I was working for Carling at the time. <laughs> so that was brilliant. We were like beat tones and waved and then waved back. It was just, yeah, just those away days. Um, yes, because we don't win that many often. We don't win no. many games. We, Not we big don't games. win tournaments or stuff. So these kind of days are cherished um, Yeah, really we special. We never used to stop on the way back from games, so it was really special to stop and have a drink still because we just wanted to go and celebrate a bit more and didn't really feel like it was the best place to be doing it in Dagenham. So we thought, oh, we'll drive a bit on the motorway and then we'll stop somewhere. But I think I'd only been married like a year at that point in time. I got married in 2007, so you know, probably the, the first throws of coming home late from the football was probably still a bit uh, you know, naughty back then. 
Nowadays, <laughs> as, as, as you're probably aware from doing this podcast over the years, my wife couldn't care less how often I'm out of the football. So things have certainly know where you are most of the time. <laughs> things have certainly turned around. So yeah, what a great day. Bloody loved it. I loved watching it back. Loved it at the time. It is definitely in my top 20 away days following the town, um, as I'm sure it will be for anyone that was there. And uh, yeah, we are going to look forward to what's next, Ollie, because next Sunday we'll be back with a new Southcast time machine. And we thought, why not continue the story of this season? Yep, so we're doing Bury Away. Oh, um, and Christ. The, the, this time I used to take a camera, an old school camera, um, and I took videos at this game. So we'll Ooh. be able to add in some really good um, audio. Oh, I've, nice. I've got audio of the goal. Um, when it went into the final yeah. penalty, I've got audio of the Tarrant fans chanting before extra time, which was one of the best bit of chanting I've, I've ever heard from Tuesday Town fans. Um, so we've got some really good audio and some, you know, we had the Glyn gasm at oh, yeah, Bristol, Bristol Rovers. Rovers. We get an Ollie gasm in this one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so this should be a really, really fun podcast. Really looking forward to Barry Away. Yeah, and again, thanks to the club for letting us do this and, yeah. and working with them on the um, on, on the the schedule of games that are coming out. They've they've let us have a real say on what kind of historic games from the archive people can look at, and we've got a few more different yeah. ideas of things we might do. Um, just to say, we also did a special with Brian Caldwell this week, uh, looking at the coronavirus situation, and uh, he gave us a, a really good half an hour. So that's available to listen to. And uh, just yeah. before, you, just on that as well, um, com- the um, snippets from that in that interview, Glenn, is in the Sun and the Mirror today. Is it? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. God, I hope it's nothing Brian's unhappy about. Well, he did say it, yeah. so can't really blame me. But um, oh, that's good. There you go. We're making the national headlines in, in yeah, our. We, in we our described hiatus. as Caldwell told Shrews fans podcast Salopcast. Oh, there you go. Uh, maybe you should write to the sun. I don't want any of my content in the sun. No. Um, but there we go. Um, but yeah, all good. Well, yeah, we go. We'll, we'll we'll be back for for a new time machine next week. And uh, unless there's any major changes on the football, we might have to cover that if there's any changes, whether the season's cancelled or whatever. Yeah, we, we might know, be going but... back further and further and further and further in time as the weeks go on. But hopefully, well, you guys enjoying the podcast. Any comments, feedback, gains, recommendations, um, anything? Yeah, please share it with us. We always love to hear from you guys. Good stuff. Keep yourself safe again, and we'll be back next Sunday with the next time machine. Cheers, guys. Oh!